Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag college football. The Big 12 has decided we can let our guys back in on campus and work out in our weight room supervised by our uh, medical staff and strength staff on the 15th. The week prior to that, on the 8th, our guys will be given a a battery of tests and uh, blood work and COVID-19 tests, the whole gamut. But to expect them to be as in shape uh, on on June 1st as maybe they they would have been in years past, I, I I don't think anybody expects that. That's Texas football coach Tom Herman on his team returning to workouts soon. We're sitting here on June 2nd now. We're hearing a lot of schools roll out plans for the next couple of weeks as they plan to get football going again. Yeah, why wouldn't they? I mean, a week ago, or 10 days ago, we were discussing this COVID thing intensely. Yeah. Now we got people in massive groups gathering and I don't hear about it. I long for the days when the complaints with the president was playing golf. I mean, instead of trying to worry about the 100,000 people dying. Now, nobody's talking about it. So why wouldn't these teams getting back together? Everybody else is getting together. Clemson star wide receiver Justin Ross is going to miss the 2020 season. His career could be in jeopardy. He was diagnosed with what Coach Dabo Swinney called a congenital fusion in his spine. He'll undergo surgery Friday. He was considered among the top wide receivers in next year's draft class and was expected to be the Tigers' leading receiver this season. We were just talking about this yesterday, PK. Football is a crazy sport, and usually we say that because of all the contact injuries. This is non-contact. This is congenital. But you just never know with football when your career is going to be over. So if you have a chance to go pro, if you have a chance to get a big money contract, it's no surprise guys go for it. There's so many of these stories where it's over in an instant. Yeah, fortunately, he went to Clemson, so he did get paid, so things are good. USC has revoked season ticket and Trojan Athletic Fund membership privileges from a self-described football booster who posted a series of tweets calling for protesters to be shot over the weekend. Marla Brown, who previously worked as a Los Angeles Police Department union attorney, posted the tweets on Sunday as protests spread across the country in the wake of the death of George Floyd. So there's the football angle to this, but it's not the first time that we've heard police department unions and, in this case, union attorneys are a big block to police reform. Uh, We've heard this from the former police chief in Minneapolis and I think I heard about the story first before I heard about her former job but when I heard about her former job I thought about the story I read about Minnesota right away well what does a big block to police reform mean well I think it can mean a lot of things depending on the town but what's it mean to you you said it I think the ability to move cops who have a history of complaints against them. That was mostly what the story in Minnesota was. And they were talking about, you know, in this case in Minnesota, you got two officers on camera. One's got 17 complaints against them. One's got six complaints against them. How come 17 complaints doesn't add up to something? That seems to me like that indicates a pattern of behavior. 
Not that I do this for a living, but that was the first thing I thought when I read it. And the former police chief in Minnesota, in, in Minneapolis, who was out as of 2017, I think, said that for all the forms they tried to push through, the union pushed back on a lot of them. And so she wasn't able to make the headway she thought she should have been able to make. And part of why she thought she was gone. Yeah, I agree with you. That's what unions do. This lady, as I understand it, was advocating shooting peaceful protesters. Now, if that's not reasonable, I don't know what is. Come on, lady. Jeez. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, the only African-American Power Five conference commissioner, has created the Big Ten Conference Anti-Hate and Anti-Racism Coalition in response to the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis on May 25th. His quote, I've already received powerful notes of support and interest in joining this coalition. Look forward to partnering with existing diversity councils on our various campuses. It's critical that our student athletes possess the rights to free speech, the rights to peaceful protest, and work to empower them in creating meaningful change. Yeah, I mean, certainly, who who disagrees with that? I think they do have the rights to, well, it depends on, you know, what is the right to free speech? Can you be up there on campus? Can you be at your team's practice? Uh, doing, saying things that you think is okay, but the university or the football team or the football coach is thinking otherwise. Free speech, and we all agree with it, but what exactly is it within the bounds and the parameters? Right. And when, when you're dealing with it in the theoretical, we yeah, all agree with course. it. Of course. Oh, but yeah. But depending on what you get up and say on campus that offends boosters who are donating a lot of money, I mean, you can see where the conflicts could arise six months, a year, two years, five years, whatever, down the road. Right, and this this committee that they're going to form, I hope there is meaningful change, and I hope they get at the grassroots level and discuss all things that involve why we have this situation. Not select things, but all things. Let's have real discussions about all things. That'd be great. I'm all for it. Former Auburn head coach and athletic director Pat Dye passed away at the age of 80. Dye died at a hospice care facility in Auburn, complications of kidney and liver failure. Uh, he guided the Tigers to 99 wins in 12 seasons, won a share of a four, at least a share of four SEC championships. Pat Dye was a, a pretty big name in football through the 80s, PK. 99 wins, that's exactly what Bronco Mendenhall had at BYU, if I'm correct. Yeah, I, I don't really remember him at the time, I guess, probably in the time I did, but looking back, but I certainly know the name. Uh, just fresh this morning, about an hour ago, Brett McMurphy tweeting out, Notre Dame versus Navy, scheduled to be played in Ireland on August 29th, will not be held in Ireland, likely will be rescheduled for Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on Labor Day weekend, and he says it'll be the first time in series history the game will actually be played at Navy. You get, That's awesome. You get Notre Dame and you often find a big NFL stadium somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah, what a thrill that's going to be for those folks there, obviously. I, I look forward to that and, and very much hope it can be played. And that would be a game I'd be interested in watching considering, you know, they've been playing for so many years. But as you say, it's either in South Bend or some other place. And this would be, I think it would be really sweet. They played that game in Baltimore. They played it yeah. in New York. I think they played it in Philly. I don't know if they've right. gone to Boston or Washington, D.C., but it's usually headed for an NFL stadium. And Navy, just by the nature of the school, they got fans everywhere. So it's... It's never really a home game for them, but it's always kind of sort of a home game for them. I think with our with our harbor and our Irish Catholic population, <laughs> I'd like to see it in Salt Lake. They actually took it to San Diego about five years ago. 
That's yeah, take, obvious. Take, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, take that game all over the country. But it looks yeah. now like it's headed for Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium on campus for the first time. That'd be great. That's Brett McMurphy uh, Stadium reporting that. Uh, tweeted that out about an hour ago. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. It's going to definitely be a culture shock. I think it's going to be very more. Unless they start micing up everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get crazy. I mean, I, I think they should, though, bro. They should give the fans, like, the insight to really see what goes on in between the, the white lines, bro. It gets crazy, bro. It definitely does. I know in the trenches it, cra- it gets crazy. And I know out there on the, on the outside it gets crazy, too. <laughs> the conversations we going back and forth on. That's Deshaun Jackson right there talking about players being mic'd up. Uh, he was talking about it as uh, one way the NFL can allow fans to experience a new portion of the game if there are no fans in the stands, or I suppose if there's a very limited number of fans in the stands. The mic'd up stuff is usually a big hit. I'm all for it. Give it a shot. Yeah, I think the fans in the stands is irrelevant because they wouldn't be able to hear it unless it was broadcast on the loudspeakers. But as I think of uh, innovative ways going forward, I think this is inevitable. And it may not be live, you know, maybe like what they do with the coaches' uh, huddles in the NBA. They didn't necessarily live. So if somebody says something, although all the stuff that's been on television these last few days is certainly breaking down barriers. And we know, you know, what's it going to be? From the days of I Love Lucy sleeping in separate beds <laughs> to uh, people saying you know, different amounts of people sleeping in the same bed. I mean, if you just follow the timeline, uh, we're headed in that direction. I feel sorry for your grandkids, DJ. They're going to be exposed <laughs> to things that your mother would just be horrified at. But it's like you said, what is going to be on TV during an NFL game that hasn't been on TV the last uh, the last week? Uh, yeah, there's been nonstop line of people apologizing for what you just heard. Right, and that's just on the KMYU stuff that you and Fox do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just sitting around. Boom! Oh, that'd be great. Can we mic the Channel 2 (laughs) behind the scenes? Meanwhile, back in the sports office. (laughs) Yes. Tim, Matt, and DJ. Uh Uh-oh. Some of the stuff that I've heard, just the stuff that I've heard has been outrageous. The bleeping remote. That's enough to get things started. I can't find that thing again. Bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Vegas wide receiver Henry Ruggs III suffered a cut to his thigh while moving things into a trailer recently. The injury is not considered serious to be, uh, according to some reports. He's trying to move furniture or something, his father, Henry Ruggs Jr., said. It's pretty much okay. I'm about to go out there and see him in a little bit. It's like a little open wound on his leg, a little incision. Like something stuck him on his thigh a little bit. He was the first wide receiver taken in this year's NFL draft after running a 4.27 second 40-yard dash at the NFL Combine. Gotta hire somebody else to move your stuff and not get hurt, or put this on the list of crazy sports injuries that they're cover stories for. Guys washing their truck or riding motorcycles or doing whatever. Who knows? Oh, come on. Who doesn't have moving stories <laughs> or going into storage? I was uh, a f- some friend of ours, they had moved away when we were living in California and they had some storage and they needed to get a pitcher. And so we went and got it, and I was up on the ladder reaching over and my wife was below and the thing slips down it's big picture frame a big portrait of a child comes down hits her right below the neck and like an idiot I start laughing because I thought it was funny but she was really hurt and I felt so bad and we've all got those stories or I when when I moved from uh, Phoenix down to Casa Grande 
my sister gave me some stuff as I rented an apartment. And my brother-in-law, her husband, helped me move in the back of the truck. When we got down there, and it's about an hour away, hour and a half away, <laughs> half the stuff that we had was missing. <laughs> I had a couch for like four years. <laughs> I had to put the, it was a three-cushion couch, but I had to put two cushions together because somewhere along the line, the thing fell out and neither one of us noticed. <laughs> I've always wondered driving down the freeway why there was a couch cushion on the side of the road. Like, hey, what are you doing? Turns out it might have been yours. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a reason why my sister was getting rid of it in the first place. At the time, she had smoked for many years. She no longer does. Smelled bad. It had about 42 smoke holes in it, oh. little burn holes from oh. cigarettes. But, I mean, you're 23 years old. You don't you have take, any money. You take the freebie. Yeah. Take the family oh, yeah. hand-me-down. Yeah. Right. When uh, when we moved from our apartment in the first house we bought, my brother-in-law came to move, and and you know you rent the truck and that, so we load the truck up. Of course, we're morons, so we don't load it exactly right. The load isn't balanced. We realize that at the end we don't want to reload the truck, and my brother-in-law said, "Well, I can just crawl in the back here and hold on to some of the key stuff," and so I drive the four miles or whatever it was, and everything's going fine until I take the left-hand turn into the neighborhood a little too quickly. And it really wasn't crazy, but you got to account for the stuff that's poorly balanced in the back of the truck that you can't see. And it's a big box truck too. It's not like a pickup truck, right? So I really, I can't see in this box, obviously. And it's this neighborhood, which I later got used to, but I wasn't used to then. The curbing for all the rain and snow melt stuff, the cur- it was kind of a deep uh, drop there. And so as I went through, I realized I did it. That was a little too fast. I heard my brother-in-law shout from the back of the truck. And so we pull up in front. He hops out. My wife had been at the house organizing stuff that had come in previous trips. And we get out and he's like, he's, dude, that was a phenomenal amount of movement in the back of that truck. And he's yelling. And my wife is like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm driving. He's in a box truck. And you're like, you're driving too fast. He's not belted in. He's not even sitting down. He's holding on to stuff that's flying around the back. She's looking at us like, my brother's a moron. My husband's a moron. I am surrounded by stupid guys. You two are too stupid to be left alone for about 10 minutes. And I'm like, well, that's kind of fair, actually. Fortunately, nobody got she hurt. she loves you. Yeah, I know. But she was really looking at us like, you're just complete <laughs> idiots. You are complete. You're Beavis and Butthead. You two are complete freaking idiots. Somebody could have been hurt. Buckled in. You who weren't even who? sitting down. Yeah, I don't know. That's who was a good, Beavis? That's a good question, but I don't really want to revisit the topic. It's not a day I covered myself in glory. I'd like to just move on. I shouldn't even okay. told the story. Anyway, DJ and PK. All right, so Henry Ruggs III. Uh, when we got time, let's sit down and compare stories because uh, we got him. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Oklahoma City Thunder owner Clay Bennett reportedly very vocal on the NBA's Board of Governors call last Friday as to why the league and owners need to consider the competitive and financial plights of smaller market teams that could be left out of the season's summer resumption in Orlando. Bennett spoke of exhausting ways to accommodate all the non-playoff teams still wanting to play. He wondered, was there a safe way to bring back all 30 teams, according to a report from who else? Woj! Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN. Get that the eight teams that are left out don't necessarily want to be there, don't have a motivation for playing, would just be playing out the string. But PK comes back to some of those clubs uh, for all the feelings inside the club about not wanting to play. The one argument is get to 70 games, make sure you get the checks from the regional sports networks because that's an important chunk of money to some of these clubs. 
Oh, I think it's important chuck of money to every club. And uh, so, yeah. But if I was on, if I was a manager or some type of front office person or even a player, if the league is playing and it's not the postseason, I should be playing. Otherwise, I am disappointed. That's I don't I wouldn't want to be left out. I've been saying it all along. In my mind, either go 30 or go 16. I mean, I'll live with whatever, and I'll be glad whatever comes back. So it's not the end of the world either way, especially for me because I don't really care. But if I were one of those guys, I would want to. I would want to come back. I want to have my guys back for no other reason, man. Show some leadership. And, you, and as I said, Monty Williams talking on this stuff. Uh, whomever it might be, Luke Walton talking on. There's a lot of opportunities there to, to lead in our community because we look to sports figures as leaders. Whether we want to or not, they're going to do it. Some of them are going to be outrageous. Some are going to be more calm. But celebrities in our country, for whatever reason, they have a significant voice. There's, Just look at you. There is no doubting about that. The Hornets, the Bulls, the Knicks, the Pistons, Hawks, and Cavaliers. Timberwolves and Warriors. Those are the eight teams that would be left out of that potential uh, 22-team yeah. restart that we've heard heard about over the weekend. I mean, under the circumstances, to me, it makes no sense to leave Minnesota of all teams out. Uh, for another report from Woj, teams left out of the playoffs, there's been talk on the possibility of mandatory summer training camps and regional fall leagues for four to five uh, teams that could bridge the length of gap because they could be looking... Yeah. Seven, eight, nine, nine ten months, months, depending on when this next. Oh, that's ridiculous. Starts. So, what we're going to have? They're going to play in the NIT. Is that what we're going to do now? What it sounds like, actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thursday is when the NBA's got the board of governors, and they're supposed to uh, decide what they're going to do. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Well, the Washington Nationals have changed direction. Uh, they've told their minor leaguers that they're going to receive their full weekly stipends of $400 through June. Originally, they weren't going to do that. So now that doesn't address July and August, which presumably they would have gotten. But Their statement says that we will evaluate this month by month. Major League Baseball has discussed playing a shorter schedule in which it would pay members of the Major League Baseball Players Association their full prorated salaries, according to reports. Major League Baseball does not intend to formally propose it to the players, but there's a possibility of implementing a schedule of around 50 games that would start in July. It's been considered by the league as a last resort in the event the parties can't come to a deal. Players have balked at not receiving prorated salaries as stipulated in a March agreement with Major League Baseball. And I guess the idea here from baseball is if we're going to be losing money on the games because we pay them prorated, then we might as well pay play as few as possible. So the 82 taken down to 50, and there's thought that this is a negotiating tactic and gamesmanship because the players had talked about going from 82 up 32 games to 114. Yeah. So now uh, are they going to compromise games? back at 82? I know, 50 seems like you... That's a lot of spring training for 50 games, right? You're going, yeah. you're going through a month of spring training, and then you're going to play for less than two months. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that seems way too small. Unless they're just floating as a negotiating thing, not even formally proposing it, and trying to get the players off the 114 number back to 82. Because the owners okay. think they'd lose even more money. So, well, wake me up when they figure it out. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. All right, there you go. That's what's trending. Those are the headlines out there, and they're all brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system. With the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690, that's Shamrock Plumbing.
All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Uh, more quotes from Greg Popovich yesterday. How much do you want to hear from Popovich? How much do you want to hear from any celebrity? We were just discussing him right then. Uh, uh, lots of celebrities weighing in on social media and with statements. Uh, how much does this mean to all of you? How much of it do you care? How much of it do you want to hear? We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. I've been really impressed with NBA players and WNBA stars as well. From the words that they put out there on their various social media platforms to the actions we've seen from a retired player like Steven Jackson. Carl Anthony Towns, his mother passed away just weeks ago from coronavirus. He's out there marching. Jalen Brown driving to Atlanta 15 hours. You had Dennis Smith Jr. in Fayetteville, Tobias Harris in Philadelphia. It really has been impressive to see these young men and women really being leaders on this issue, taking on this role and really being role models for the future. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toast is brought to you by Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical Services at 801 543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical Services will light up your day. All right, question of the day. Greg Popovich at it again. He called the president deranged in his quote, uh, if Trump had a brain, even if it was 99% cynical, he would come and say something that would unify people, but he doesn't care about bringing people together, close quote. How much do you like your celebrities being as political as uh, Greg Popovich has been and uh, was again yesterday. That is the question, and PK, that drew a lot of response. I think the easy answer, I can read some of them to you, but I I think the easy answer is people like it when their celebrity voices opinions that they hold, and they don't like it when the celebrity disagrees or challenges opinions they hold. It's pretty straightforward, yes. Well, that, that's two-faced. That's hypocritical, and I cannot have that. I mean, I know for myself, I try to say one thing and do the absolute opposite, so I'm not hypocritical. <laughs> but I think here, that's weak. Ken says, not at all, because most of the celebrities are completely clueless. I don't think they've ever read the Constitution, and I don't think they know what it means. The Constitution? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure I've ever read the Constitution. Although I will say those of us who are for gun control, man, you're kind of shooting yourselves in the foot here uh, with all this stuff going on. A lot of people think you should be armed to protect your own property. We've seen that in some places where folks have stood out in front of their stores yep. not wanting to have their stuff being taken for free. Kyle says that's somewhere in the Constitution, right? Uh, Second Amendment, yeah. Second Amendment? Second Amendment. Okay. Okay. Kyle says, I don't think Mr. Rogers could unify people at this point. Something tells me if Coach Pop were president, he wouldn't be unifying others either. Now, are we talking Aaron, Jimmy, Tom Hanks? Which Mr. Rogers? Uh, Eddie Murphy? The original. Eddie Murphy? Fred. (laughs) In the sweat. Eddie Murphy used to do that skit he Saturday did. Night Live. Yeah, he did. Was it Mr. Robinson? I think so. Mr. Robinson, yeah. 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 That was always hysterical. Eddie had a way of uh, 
doing things on that show that made you laugh, at least for me anyway? Well, he was the, uh, the star of the show for a few years, and he did that skit when he uh, came back and hosted uh, Christmas. He was back. And you are correct. They brought, they brought that. Yes. They had to bring I mean, you can't A reprise, if you, you will. Yeah, you can't bring him back to the show and not do Mr. that Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood yeah. was back. Yes, uh, and, I, and I recall watching it then, and it was just as funny, if not funnier. Margaret says it's interesting that Popovich has a lot to say now when he doesn't have the decency to say much at all to reporters about basketball. His press conferences can be quite contentious. He can be, he yeah, can be see, short I, and demeaning. I, th- I think that he comes off as a bully. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Uh, that's where he thinks that he needs to be with his personality. Uh, I found this interesting. I certainly support his right to voice his opinion uh, I would prefer a little bit more responsible. I, I found it interesting that their basketball office isn't, isn't in session, and he decides to call up a media member because he wants something to say, uh, and dema- not not demands it, but calls him up. No one called him. It wasn't in an interview session during the season, because essentially, at this time, he's he's Greg, the basketball coach from San Antonio, and that's it. What level of importance he puts it on a fair amount on himself because he thought that what he had to say needed to be out there so he called a media member as i understand it and voiced that and he has that right i've got no problem with that i would just like a little bit more reasoned response once you start getting into name calling deranged and if he had a brain i mean i feel like i'm watching wizard of oz here uh in, in my mind, and that's just me, I'm entitled to my opinion, and you can disagree with it all you want. I don't, I don't really care, and I'm not interested in being popular. Never, never have been. And I realized, you know, I got tweets yesterday that didn't like what I said. and Get them again today. That's the way it goes. But I would prefer a little bit more reasoned response. Because once you start the name calling, and no matter what side, I start getting turned off. I mean, I, I try to watch here what's going on at night a little bit. Well, you know, I flicked back and forth, and they had the local station. You guys didn't do it, but I think Channel 5 did on the folks downtown, and, and it was fine. They, they wanted to protest and do that. And go ahead and do it. No big deal. I mean, they certainly have that right as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and then I watched the national stuff, and it flicked back and forth. Well, i got to turn the sound down because either they're bashing the crap out of Trump or they're supporting Trump. I want news delivered for what it is, news. I don't need Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon and Cuomo. We got it. You hate the guy. We got it. Understood. You have every right to hate him. And then I flick over to the other station. I don't even know who's there, whoever Fox folks are. And they're just praising him out to yin-yang. I just want the news reported. (laughs) But... It's not the way it is. No, the and opinion I, and I, the opinion sells way more than the reporting. CNN yeah. was the last one well, to hop on the train. They still had reporters and bureaus and packages, and they were a distant third. And they brought in new management, and new management changed everything. And so now it's all it's opinion and talking heads, and they they bring in people to debate back and forth. And there's going to be very little of reporters out gathering information that you. Patrick Kinahan or any other viewer don't know and pass it along to you. That, that didn't draw the ratings, and the ratings bring in the money, well, and there you go. And that's what we need to understand. And I've been trying to inform people, these are entertainment programs now. They're not news programs. They're entertainment. 
and they're designed to get ratings. So in, in my mind, these stations, they want this stuff to be happening because people are going to watch. If there's if it's nothing going on, they're not going to be interested in watching. They're going to watch whatever reality show or you know whatever sitcom is being replayed this time of year, whatever it might be. Uh, usually we have live sports, but obviously we don't have that right now to be on whoever has the uh, particular contract with the NBA. I don't even know who has it. Uh, you know, I'd be watching that. But they're entertainment. They're, they're designed to create ratings, to create money, just like our show. That's what, we, that's what we're designed to do, too. I'm in that same business. I don't hold political opinions, and I don't, and I don't deny that we're in it for entertainment to get people to listen, to get advertising and so forth, to make money. I mean, just they all have a disclaimer. You know, like when you're in your magazine where they have, they'll have an advertisement, and they have a top like paid advertisement. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what these these shows ought to be. I would like just real news. Maybe that's maybe I'm old fashioned, and that's there is no such thing as real news. It has to be slanted. And I would like to hear Coach Greg from San Antonio, but I'd prefer it a little bit more uh, in less inflammatory. I mean, I guess maybe that's the way you need to have it to get your reaction. And I and I'm putting myself out there, so I'm going to get blowback. Fine. Blow back all you want. Uh, but that's what I would prefer. So when I listen to a Tony Dungy, and we were talking about this off the air yesterday, or read Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's editorial, uh, any number of guys. I mentioned Monty Williams put out a phenomenal statement in uh, Phoenix that I was uh, saw yesterday. These types of things. Those are the types of things that make, make me think. But once you start in the name calling, and then you don't really have a whole lot to say when it comes to China, and we hear about abuses there but yeah it makes me think well yeah because that's you got money involved there here and so you really don't you you know steve kerr you're not really educated on that don't take the time to get educated then buddy (laughs) i mean you certainly got a lot of time now you got nothing to do now really that much you're putting out statements now let's be universal let's not pick and choose what human rights things we want to go for you know let's 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 have everything out there. Let's put all all discussions on the table so all of us can be better for it. That's what I would prefer. Kevin brings up uh, exactly what you just mentioned about uh, China. He was saying, uh, what was Popovich saying about the Rockets GM earlier this year? Oh, boy, Coach Pop, make up your mind. And I think that does stick in the, in the craw of a lot of people watching video roll in from, you know, halfway around the world. Yeah. But I support their right to say it. I thought Steve Cleveland had a really good quote yesterday. I thought he gave a very powerful interview. Steve Cleveland, I was amazed because when he came aboard, he was a junior college coach, literally knew nothing about him, right? And I was covering Utah at the time, but I was still, uh, I was viewed at the Watchdog as a college basketball guy. I did the Burgess story, even though I wasn't really covering BYU, but I was doing college basketball uh, and got to know him very well and thought, man, this guy, I can see how he got the job. Because this guy can handle himself when it comes to speaking. He is a powerful orator. And he has things to say on a lot of different things. And you just sit back and you listen to him. And you go, man, he's deep. He's thought-provoking. He can. He just comes across as somebody that you, we all need to listen to. And I want you to listen to the quote that he said yesterday about especially going for young people because we see like watching the thing last night here locally 
most of the folks I saw, they were in the parking lot, Caddy Corner does, and then they walked downtown. Uh, most of the folks appeared to be young. And I thought what he said about this topic really resonated well. I do believe that sport is a good thing, but it can't be just to get our mind off it. They have to have a voice. I think our athletes and our coaches and the community leaders have to have a voice in this, and it needs to be heard. And I, I think that offends some people. Yeah, they get uncomfortable with that, and we're way past getting uncomfortable. We've been mistreating people in this country for a long, long time. Well, who do the young people look to? They, they look to their athletes. They look to people that are in the public eye. And when someone can get in the public eye and speak intelligently about how we should treat each other, I think it's a really really good thing i agree well said steve thank you for coming on but i wonder how many people are who think uh you know there's steve a celebrity and i don't agree with him and i don't like him saying that i wish he'd stick to basketball i mean i agree with you i thought he said there was good but when he says we've been mistreating people for a long long time in this country that really resonates with a group of people listening to this show I don't think that resonates very well with another group of people listening to the show. That, you know, you shouldn't be out there writing. That's the biggest point right now. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, I get that. You know, I, don't, I don't support And we've had George Floyd's family doesn't support it. We've had many politicians, African-Americans, doesn't matter who you are, that, that think that that is going against the cause. Uh, but... As I listen to Coach Cleveland speak, he makes me think, whether I agree with him or not, I don't know that that's really the point. The point is, does it make me think? Does it maybe spur some change in my mind to think about what I can do to improve, and I'm just a dude, but my community? And, and how, can I, how can I think? Now, I, you know, I don't, I don't come in contact we live in Utah here. Most of my neighbors are Caucasian, uh, but not all of them by any stretch. I mean, I got a, a, a black family lives right behind me, actually, uh, and an Asian family, uh, catty corner to them. But maybe I maybe I can think about how I can relate to them better. I don't, I don't I, agreeing with people. I don't, to me, that's not necessarily the issue here. Whether I agree with their political stance, it's more can. I try to understand their political stance. And I want to understand Popovich. But when he goes off like that with deranged and if he had a brain and all that type of stuff, I got to say that turns me off. His message gets obscured. And he may have a great message, but this anger that he possesses, because it's not like, well, he's been pushed to the limit. Well, he's been pushed to the limit to do a third quarter interview. <laughs> There's no limit to be pushed to. You know what I mean? He's angry then. You see what I'm saying? There's like, well, you probably have a lot of great stuff to say, but I lose your message when you start giving all this attitude. And there's sometimes you have to give attitude, and you've had enough. I get it. But with Popovich, when they first started doing the interview, well, as soon as he won some titles and got some street cred, and then he knew he didn't have to worry about his job. The rest of us have to worry about our job, so we can't just come on and pop off and screw you. I don't like you unless you're Craig Sager and you have leukemia or what it is, and then I'll be nice to you because I know you're dying. I mean, that seemed kind of insulting at that point, really, to go out of character. At least be consistent, you know? If you're going to be a jerk, be a jerk all the time. Don't wait till somebody's dying, and then all of a sudden you're going to be nice. Uh, I just I want to hear the messages. I just don't want to hear the rants and raves. 
And if you have something to say and you're in the public eye, I think you have a responsibility. And go ahead and say it. I'm for it. But don't tell me, oh, I'm going to move to Canada. Unless you move to Canada, then tell me you're going to move to Canada. And tell me why you moved to Canada. But don't tell me, oh, this guy gets, I'm out of here. Because you don't leave. But yet you have something to say. Say it. And I don't care whether I agree with you. Help me think about what you're trying to say so maybe I can understand you better. DJ and PK, what were you watching last night? Uh, I saw an interview uh, with a guy that you've referenced here the last couple days, and I thought he got asked a good question and gave an answer that made me think, PK's there talking to me on TV. Look at that. It wasn't, but it could have been, although you're not a Hall of Famer. And he is. We'll get Brad to Pitt was on TV? Uh, when Brad Pitt. We'll get to that next. Oh, dang. DJ and PK at 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. TV wants yeah. live sports. They are desperate for live sports. Yeah. We're and watching the KBO for crying out loud. It's still on ESPN. You can catch the KBO twice a day. I tried. I couldn't do it. I could do it for the first couple of days, but there's just nothing to really... It's like when you really try to do a crash diet and you're looking at that plate of kale and you're like, I'm not quite hungry enough for that yet. But if I put ranch and bacon on it... Then we got a chance. And put it on a burger. Yeah. And then remove the kale <laughs> as you ate the burger. <laughs> then we got something. How did you sneak on there? Hanson Scotty. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my DJ and PK brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention the SAD and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. So, PK, last night I was watching uh, SportsCenter. They had on, uh, SVP had on Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And you've mentioned the... uh, Editorial he wrote, opinion piece he wrote, and they had him on to talk a little bit about that and the analogy he used in it about dust in the room. And you don't really notice the dust in the air, but then you open the shades in the sun and you see it. And you've been breathing it and it impacts you even if you don't know it does. And <coughs> Exactly. And so they went in all that and at the end of the uh, interview, and it covered a few things and they covered... Uh, you know, why you're worried is obvious. Why are you hopeful? And, and Kareem went into that a little bit and, and talked about his hope for the future and, you know, number of young people who care and the people of all races who care. And so he went into some of that. And at the end, um, or near the end, uh, Scott Van Pelt asked him, okay, I'm a guy behind a desk. And granted, a guy who does a TV show behind a desk, but I'm one guy behind a desk. This is bigger than me. I want something good to happen. I've seen a lot of bad here, and I want something good to happen. But what am I supposed to do? And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar told him, you have to go out and make one friend that doesn't look like you. 
all the stuff we know that defies that divides people race religion gender age socioeconomic go out and make one friend who isn't somebody like you if everybody in the country did that it would have a powerful impact and yes. i thought of what you said yesterday and you were talking about you know you just can't you know you can't just walk into downtown and whatever metropolitan area stand on a truck and start straightening things out I mean, that's not happening. So, so what is any one person listening to this who's seen some of this video and is saying, okay, this just isn't right. This is clearly wrong, but what am I supposed to do about it? That was Kareem's advice. And it echoed what you said, and maybe you even got it. I don't know. I haven't been, been reading your mentions the last 24 hours. I don't know what you were getting. I wondered, though, uh, when you were talking in the last segment, if that was one of the things you got blasted for on Twitter, because what Kareem said was just echoing what you were talking about in yesterday's show. Yeah, well said. I appreciate that. And I appreciate Kareem saying that because I've always thought that if you don't want to like a person, whomever, I mean, that's your choice. Not everybody gets along. We understand that. But don't be brandishing a whole group of people. And what you need to do is get to know people. And once you get, say we'll just use African-Americans. If you get one African-American friend, just one, and you end up liking that person, you have a lot in common. Sports, music, theater, whatever. Bird watching, which was in the news here, what, last week or the week before. And you end up enjoying that person's company. Well, then right there, man, that's going to eliminate, or at least it should in my mind, saying, yeah, those people. Just wait about it. Wait a second here. What about Joe over here? He's your friend. You're not going to do that. You don't want to hurt your friend. All you got to do is have one. And then you can see, see people for people rather than groups that we've created in our minds. And I think that, as he's saying, apparently that's what he was saying. And maybe that can that can go a little bit, if not a long way, towards at least clearing your mind of some type of whatever you would call it, some type of image. Uh, but it's tough, man. It's going to be tough to do. Uh, all these folks who want to create these committees and everything and create real change, I support you. But to think that it's going to be not anything but the most difficult to do, because, I mean, I lived in L.A. in 1992. My, my wife's school was where the National Guard stored their armory and slept. Those were the schools I covered. I was doing high schools at the time. And, you know, was that 28 years ago? Kareem brought that up in the interview. Yeah. He said, you know, it, it, it's, uh, he was talking about, uh, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, uh, but uh, he was talking basically about, um, yes, there's progress. Uh, you can see that, but at the same time, it feels like we're just looping back and doing the same thing over again, you know. And Rodney King, that was unusual at the time because that was kind of the start of the video revolution, right? We didn't have iPhones, so cameras weren't everywhere. But the cost of cameras had come way down. The technology was getting easier. So people were more likely to have a home camera for, you know, shooting birthdays or vacation trips or whatever. And so it was more common. But it was unusual. That was one of the first times that we had video of an incident as it happened. And now it's normal. But then it was unusual, it was cutting edge. But as Kareem brought up, he says, how different was that? We saw police behavior. Now here we go in Minnesota, video captures police behavior. You know, And 
28 years, have, have we really made that much progress? I mean, you can look on a bigger scale and per se progress has been made, but we're going, to, we're going down the same road again. Yeah, we are. I'd like to think progress is being made, but it's easier for me to say because I'm not the uh, recipient or the disadvantage of the non-progress. So I can sit here and say it. Oh, sure, we've made tons of progress. But what the heck? Uh, just words out of my mouth. And do I really know that? In some respects, I guess we have, and maybe some respects we haven't. But we're going to have to continue to evolve and continue to make that progress that uh, hopefully we can do. All I can do is my share, and, and I'd like to do that. Do you know on a lighter note that Sharif Shaw's brother was also previously known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? I do, because he's a running back at UCLA. So <laughs> when, he was, when he was playing, and that was, I don't know, it has to be 20 years ago, maybe it was 25 years ago now. Is he running back mid to late 90s, I think? Uh, 92 to 96? 93? So what were you watching last night? You see anything? Sharmon, before we leave, Sharmon Shaw was. He now goes by uh, Abdul Kareem Al Jabbar. Oh, okay. Sharmon Shaw. I covered him in high school. He was a big running back for Dorsey. Hmm. Sharif's brother. I was. they were in the league with Banning and Carson yep. and Pedro and all that stuff. Uh, I, I mean, I watched the the stuff that's going on. Yeah. I and mean, we can continue to beat this into the ground. I did switch over a little bit and watched uh, the test, um, the game. I, I don't even remember who they were playing. But I was just watching and thinking, man, Ricky Rubio, if he could have ever learned to shoot, he could have been one of the all-timers. Because he does so much of the other stuff very well. But perimeter shooting was never much of his game, which is really amazing to me. When you play that much basketball, how, did how you, you couldn't. Yeah, how did you not get better as a perimeter shooter? Yeah. But he's so, so yeah. streaky. Right, very much so. Yeah, and if he could ever find that consistency, because you know he knows how to run a team. And you know, he's been in the league for a number of years, so he's had a, in that regard, he's had a success, successful NBA career. What, he's 28, 29? He's approaching 9, 10 years in the league, isn't he? Something along those lines. So there's no doubt he's an NBA player. But as you got to watch him for those two years that he was in town, I mean, he was, when he was on, that team was really good. And if he could have found a way to just hone some consistency on that shot, it's crazy to think these guys, you know, these NBA players, a lot of them don't have good perimeter shooting. And you would think that, you know, that's something all you need is a hoop and a ball. And you can just do it over and over and over again until you got better at it. But, you know, maybe in the NBA games with people running at you and so forth, it's not the same as just standing in a gym by yourself or someone rebounding for you making shots. But you can see why people viewed him as a as a prospect when he was coming up out of Spain because he could do so many things well and if he ever could shoot consistently if he shot even like Donovan Mitchell consistency they would have had a, they would have had a whale of a backcourt there all right DJ and PK we got to take a break when we come back a uh, a big time basketball star a champion an MVP has passed away this morning the family with an announcement we'll uh, tell you about that a heck of a career we'll tell you about that next DJ and PK it's 97.5 1280 The Zone